This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. We all tune in for 11am presses and when it's too much, we turn it off. But what about those who can't, whose job it is to report day in, day out on COVID-19? Joining me this morning is Charlotte Mortlock. She's been a reporter and anchor for Sky News for the past six years. She's also one of my best friends who I've known since preschool. Good morning, Charlotte. Good morning, Ali. How nice to be speaking in this professional uh, side here. (laughs) It's really hard to not call you by your nickname, but I'll try. (laughs) Let's start at the start. When did you realise that you would be covering COVID for a really long time? Oh, gosh. I really held on hope. Um, Every time there was a little wave, I kept being like, oh, maybe it won't be that bad. I I actually was very lucky because I went to Japan right as COVID was breaking out. And I remember in Japan, everyone was wearing masks and it was really hard to get a grasp on if that's the culture over there or if that was because of COVID. And I remember trying to be dismissive for a long time. I remember my mum, my sister said, do you think we'll ever go into lockdown? And at that stage, it was just Wuhan that had been locked down. And I was like, what? Like Sydney in lockdown, like we can't leave our homes. Like, no, guys, we live in Australia. That's not what we do. Um, Lo and behold. And um, then there was this one really eerie day when I was playing tennis with a friend of mine who's also a journo, and it was like, We'd both been covering it for a few days and we were just, both of us were just like in this really weird mood. It was just really sombre and we're like, oh, my gosh, the world is like we are about to just enter into a completely new thing that we've never experienced before and we just didn't know if we would ever have another normal day. Mm. And 20 months later, (laughs) what has the pressure been like as a journalist covering COVID news? Does it weigh on you? Yeah, yeah. It's been really, really intense. Not to do a spoiler, but um, I quit my job uh, three (laughs) weeks ago, so obviously um, the pressure was a little too much. That wasn't the only um, reason, but it was probably, you know, a solid 90% of it. Mm. Um, The pressure is interesting because whilst at the press conferences we're scrutinising the government and we're questioning and, you know, we might sometimes seem like we're going too hard on them, it's a really important role for, you know, journalists as the fourth estate to hold the government to account, particularly when jobs and lives and money is on the line. Like that's, it's never been more important to have journalists and to have them making sure that the government's doing the best thing that they can. Mm. But the pressure of that in itself is a lot. And then it kind of flips at the end of the day after the press conference when we're all doing up our stories. We become, you know, the, the mouthpiece for the government as as trying to get the message out that they want to the public. So we're the people often telling the public what restrictions are changing and that sort of thing. And so we might seem quite divided during the press conference, but at the end of the day, we are all working together to get those messages across about, you know, where you can get vaccinated, what you can do and those sorts of things. And I think the pressure of that, that responsibility was quite heavy, um, a burden to carry as well. Mm. So you have been at those 11am presses every single day, spent more time with Gladys than with your own mum in the last 18 months. Yeah. (laughs) Can you give us an insight into those press conferences? What's it like? Do you come prepared with the questions that you want to ask? 
Sometimes. So um, my brain just thought about COVID nonstop. So sometimes in the middle of the night, I'll like think of a really interesting new line of questioning, like something I'll have a bit of an epiphany and I'll be like, oh, I wonder if we know that answer. And so I'll like write down notes on my phone and or I'll be driving to the press conference thinking about things. So you have a bit of an idea. Obviously, it's always developing. Like every hour, there are changes to COVID. So you've just always got to be keeping abreast with those developments and think of different lines of inquiry. And then at the press conferences, everyone usually, like the journos and the camos, usually arrive half an hour before and they're setting up. And all of the journos actually get along really well. So everyone's kind of speaking amongst themselves, like, you know, gosh, what do you think it's going to be like today? What what have you heard? What do you know? And so everyone gets along really well. The press conference usually goes for, it feels like an eternity, but, you know, 45 <laughs> minutes or so, and then they're out and then we're kind of left. And it's really like I've got a Garmin watch that tracks my stress levels. Um, oh, wow. Those press conferences, it is so intense. Like I'm so stressed throughout it because you're following everything they're saying. You're trying to get your question heard over the other journalists and then you're listening to other people's lines of inquiry. And on top of all that, you're writing down notes on which are the most important parts. And often I had to go live at midday. So she'll do her press conference at 11 o'clock until 11.45, 11.50. And I had to do a live cross at the top of the 12 o'clock, which gave me 10 minutes, well, probably like seven minutes by the time I dial in for my live cross to actually coherently understand and unpack everything she's just spoken about nonstop for 45 minutes and to then, you know, pick out the best bits and tell that to our audience. So my stress levels for that hour were absurd. Wow. Um, it was pretty high voltage. Well, there's been a lot of conversation about mental health as a result mm. of, you know, the relentlessness of this pandemic. You've had to think, read and talk about it nonstop for the past however long. Is it possible as a journalist to switch off? Uh, no, no, <laughs> okay. it's not, no, it's not because, um, but as I said, it's like developing every hour, you're getting new exposure sites, you're getting new information and you constantly need to be abreast with all of that. You can't have missed something that's, um, happened while you've had a day off or something so I mean my phone gives everyone anxiety <laughs> including me um, <laughs> because I just get alerts constantly so I have so many Twitter alerts so many breaking news alerts it's just this the closed screen is always just full of notifications so um, that's kind of one of the ways that I keep abreast but it's also like watching a lot of the news on TV listening to lots of radio if they if you know that the premier is doing an interview on a certain radio station you want to tune in and hear that um and then it's also the reactions of other states the other countries what's new zealand doing what's happening with the bubble what's happening with the queensland border um you know how is the vaccine working in israel like it's all of those sorts of things so um it wasn't it was impossible to switch off you know you could put your phone down for half an hour to have a bath but then it was just kind of more catch up to get back up so I guess, yeah, that's probably one of the main things why I have been speaking out about it because I know that there have been so many people that have had really difficult, awful jobs on the front line of COVID. And I know that lots of people have lost their jobs and there are just, you know, a plethora of really awful stories that we're hearing. But I do think that the public has been quite hard on journalists. You know, we are getting slammed on Twitter, on social media by people saying that we're going too hard, too soft. And I just... 
would like people to think for a second, like, hey, that journalist probably did six months of horrific black summer bushfire coverage Mm -hmm. and then went straight into 20 months of COVID coverage. They're probably quite tired maybe be a bit kinder yeah. <laughs> because everyone's trying hard. I don't believe that there's anyone that isn't trying their hardest during COVID. I don't believe there is a premier from any political party. I don't believe there is a nurse, a civilian. Everyone is trying to do what is best for them. Such a good point. So you mentioned that you did quit your job at Sky News a few weeks ago. What led you to that? Um It was just every time we have these waves of new cases, it's just staring down the barrel with no light at the end of the tunnel of when it's going to get better. Like it's really awful when the cases start to come down and you're seeing consistently it dropping, then you do start to be like, okay, we're getting on top of it. But when the cases are going up at the start of waves, it's like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be doing the exact same story, the exact same press conference every day without an end in sight. And the other part of that is that, you know, it can actually, as awful and and insensitive as it sounds, it can be quite boring because you're essentially talking about case numbers, restrictions, exposure sites every single day, and you don't get many opportunities to speak to people one-on-one for interviews or those sorts of things, which is, you know, the real soul of why so many people get into journalism. Um, I was so overwhelmed. Like I was really, really anxious this last wave and it just wasn't getting better. And then another opportunity came up and I feel like it was one of those moments where the stars align. And it was really hard because I have been in TV for over a decade and I'm so addicted to it. I'm so addicted to the adrenaline of it. I love it. I know that I get this feeling like that's what I'm put on the earth to do. So it was really hard to walk away from that. But um, I definitely needed to for my health. And within like three days of doing it, I was like a different person. Like now I'm three weeks out from being in TV and I'm just a different person. I'm so much lighter. I'm so much healthier. And yeah, I kind of, I'm like, oh gosh, now that I've done it, I'm like, I probably should have done that a year ago. Like, I don't think that was very good for me. Um, Because as well, Sky's a 24-hour news station. So in my shift, sometimes you would go live five times a day. Sometimes it would be 15 times a day. So I think um, I wrote them down. I did somewhere between 1,300 and 1,900 live crosses on COVID in the past 20 months. So it's just a huge amount of adrenaline to ask of your body. And I'm just like, uh, the 11 o'clock hour just comes and goes. I'm not counting down to it anymore, wondering about case numbers. I don't watch the press conference every day. I feel like I'm like going really cold turkey to get myself off it and then maybe in a few months' time I'll be able to watch it again. But at the moment it's um, at least we are seeing some really great progress on the vaccines because I think that's providing some hope for people that if we didn't, we just saw these cases skyrocket, I think it would make us feel even worse. And just finally, is there anything that you would want people to understand about what it's like being a journalist at the moment? It's a pretty thankless job, journalism, I think. And they have played a really important part in this pandemic is getting all of the messages to people. And, um, you know, we've got our work cut out for us. Conspiracy theories are running rife. Um, There's a lot of armchair experts and we are trying to speak as loudly as we can, as often as we can to make sure the right messaging is getting through. And 
there's a burden with that. It's a big responsibility and it's also very tiring. Um, as I said, lots of journos went straight from black summer bushfires into COVID. They're exhausted. They are absolutely burnt out. And, yeah, I think probably all of the online criticism that they cop is, um, you know, not very helpful, no. not constructive. <laughs> well, we are very thankful for good journalism in this country. Formed and hold accountable. Charlotte, thank you so much for your insights. Uh, personally, I'm going to miss seeing your face on our TVs at work every day, but I'm so happy you're loving your new role and I look forward to walking Ralphie with you soon. Yes, luckily we still have our walk. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.